Today on Locked On Canadians, just a few thoughts about the trade deadline as we get closer to it and the market continues to heat up. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 796, and we thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm still flying solo with my co-host taking a long uh, overdue vacation. I Just before I get into the trade market and some chat about that, I wanted to remind everybody that tomorrow is a mailbag episode, so I will be staying up late to watch that Los Angeles Kings game um, and uh, have a quick recap for you, but I will be doing the mailbag as well. So please send over your mailbag questions at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments. I'm going to ask for a lot of thoughts on the, the stuff we're going to talk about today. So if you're going to leave a mailbag question, just write mailbag question in it, just so I know it's a difference between the, an opinion that you have about this show uh, or this particular episode, and then a, a specifically a mailbag question that you want me to ask and answer on tomorrow night's um, recording or tonight. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be tonight. Uh, in the meantime, as well, you can tweet them at LO underscore Canadians. Follow us there. I really want to talk a little bit about the trade market because I'm seeing a lot of despair and disappointment amongst Habs fans. So as somebody who does hockey podcasting, uh, but also, you know, I'm a big hockey fan. I'm a big Habs fan. So people will talk about it, you know, in, the, in my day-to-day life. People I encounter, my friends, coworkers, things like that. Um, you know, I'm on, on Twitter all the time. I'm on Facebook all the time. Like we get YouTube comments and it feels like, I think it was Sunday uh, when the, yes, it was Sunday morning when the Canadians traded uh, Evgeny Dodonov. I forgot his name. He's been, he's been gone for four days and now he's, he's already dead to me now. Um, they traded Evgeny Dodonov to the Dallas Stars for um, Denis Gurionov, who has only played one game, right? It was the game against San Jose. Um, and we liked what he saw of him. The underlying numbers were pretty good. The shot totals were pretty good. Obviously, he didn't score or um, or get a point in the game, but I thought that he was buzzing, and it looked like the bad luck that he's had with his shooting in Dallas continued um, in Montreal. But, you know, it's only one game. We'll see how the rest of like the 20-odd games of the season that are left unfold, and we see what the Canadians try to do with him in the offseason. But everybody was happy. They thought, you know, like the Canadians had this untradeable asset that they ended up being able to trade and to be able to get something in return that was more than just future considerations or a bag of pucks. We were all happy. That was four days ago. We we're like, all right, he got somebody for Dodonov. And not only that, it was somebody who still shows a lot of promise, who's having a terrible time with luck in Dallas, whose underlying numbers are still great. And whose potential is still pretty good, right? 
So, and we, like, I, I, I don't know about you, but I loved what I saw from him in his first game in Montreal, right? Like there was like, there was no time to get chemistry with his line mates, his teammates or anything like that. But I think he still made a really good effort in his new home, right? And then now this is four days later. So I'm recording this on Wednesday evening as close as possible to bedtime, uh, just so that I won't miss any news that breaks because the trade deadline has been a little bit like the trade action has been a little bit frenzied I would say um there are a lot of big names moving and everything and I find that Canadians fans are all of a sudden back disappointed like it seemed like it was a steep drop um and it is obviously partly because we're seeing big names go places and the Canadians are not letting go of any of their dead weight uh we're seeing a lot of action elsewhere we're seeing a lot of GMs improve their teams or stockpile draft picks and so people are kind of losing faith uh, in the Canadians are getting disappointed. I'm sensing like a little bit of, I would say unrest. Um, but honestly, like, you know, even in our comments, there's some people that are really dissatisfied right now uh, on Twitter. Like lots of people are talking, they're dissatisfied. I check Reddit, like as a, as a Canadians podcaster, I try and, you know, read up on all social media, everything that's going on. And there's a lot of I would say anger, but also it just feels like people have kind of lost hope. Uh, and I, I'm a little bit confused by this. I think, you know, one of the things about the Canadians right now is that there's so many people that are injured. Like they're not going to be able to unload a lot of these players simply because they're on IR, right? And then the other thing that you're kind of looking at is that everybody knows that the Canadians, like Kent Hughes knows what he's doing. And he's he's got his ask, and he's not really going to budge from his ask. Like, this is what we've seen in the past. Like, all his trades that he's done, he's got an ask, and he'll only settle for the equivalent or more. He's not going to go below his price. So maybe he's pricing himself out of the market. But I don't necessarily think that that's too big of a problem. You know, I think, I think people are, are just kind of stressing because they're watching teams like Arizona has, like, I want to say they have like 27 draft picks in the next two to three drafts, if I'm not mistaken. It's, that's a lot. 27. That's a lot of draft picks, right? And so people are comparing themselves to Arizona, which is in a like in a shameless rebuild, and the Canadians, which are just kind of like in a we are rebuilding. We're starting from scratch. We're rebuilding, but we're gonna do this the Canadians' way. We we're trying to build a you know perennial contender, not just just shoot shoot as much as possible for Connor Bedard or whatever. So I get that sentiment, but for whatever reason, I don't think that I'm that upset. Like, I don't feel that disappointed or upset. Like, yeah, I would love to see the Canadians move a couple more guys and get a couple more draft picks or prospects or reclamation projects, as it were, like players that are still young that still have um, a future that the Canadians can kind of work on. I'm all for that. But I just think that if you look at the players that are moving there's a quality aspect to that that the Canadians don't really have because anybody that they have that's worth like trading for, they want to keep, right? Anybody other teams would call about, they want to keep. But there's they, There are very few players that the Canadians want to unload. For example, Mike Hoffman, Yoel Armia, Jonathan Drouin. Like players that if we don't like them in this market, why do we think that other teams or other markets are going to value them so much so as to give up assets for them. So I absolutely understand where people are coming from, but I also just think that like we need a reality check, right? Like the rebuild, like 
if we're going to be patient for a rebuild that builds a contender where you've got like a good five, seven years of success, you've got perennial cup contender, perennially making the playoffs every year, like constantly a threat, right? There's a lot of patience involved. Like there's a lot of dead weight that has to come off this cap and off this roster. And sometimes literally all the Canadians can do is wait for that to come off, right? I don't think the Canadians are going to be good before the end of Yoel Armia's contract. I don't. I, like they might make the playoffs at that point, that very final year, but I don't I don't see them being good. I don't see them being good in the next year or two years. Like you want to see them take steps forward. So, so I feel like there's a patience aspect at play here and a FOMO aspect at play here, uh, which I totally get. And I totally think, I totally understand, but like my own perspective, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that's totally fine. Like I'm here for a debate. Don't be, don't be a jerk about it, but I'm very, very interested in hearing other people's opinions that like, I think that reality is not our friend. And that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean we need to be disappointed in this front office because I still believe that this front office is smart and bold and capable um, and really interesting, really interested in building a contender. Uh, in our next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the other trades that have happened, like what the market kind of, what I feel the market kind of looks like now in context of the trades that have happened. And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. And now the midway point of the NBA season is here and it is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book and new customers will get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Honestly, there's just so much that you can bet on with regards to the NBA. Like there's so many, even exclusive bets, like the two by three. So just, you know, check it out. FanDuel also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and us. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the trades that have happened and just kind of, I understand, you know, why Canadians fans are feeling a little bit of FOMO, like they're on the outside looking in, but let's talk real quick. Like I want to talk about, a couple of division rivals, let's say, and a few thoughts that I had that may relate to the Canadians or Canadians fans. So one thing that I'm noting is that Kyle Dubas has made a lot of moves, as we can see, like we all, you know, we're all kind of dialed in right now, scrolling and then refreshing the trade tracker and everything like that. Um, and it seems like Kyle Dubas is busy. Like he has made no secret of the fact that the Toronto Maple Leafs are all in. They want to win and they're not, they're not worried about the future because they're going to pull out all the stops to win as soon as possible and win now. Like they're in literally in win now mode. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad at attitude. I think that you can afford to be bold when you're that close, when you have that many good players. 
but I worry about making so many changes to your core roster 20 games before the end of the season. These people are going to need to find chemistry. These people, like, they're, like, once you get past the first round, if you do, because you're Toronto, that's definitely a concern, you still have to make it three more rounds before you, you even come close to smelling the cup, right? So over that course of time, like, yeah, these players can come together. They can build uh, some chemistry, but like, I'm not super convinced. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's the safest thing to do because they made so many changes. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly was a fantastic move. Amazing. It was a great move. Like, I think it was, you know, it was pretty, not just bold, but like it was a coveted, uh, coveted trade piece. Um, and somebody who, you know, wanted to play for Toronto, wanted to bring the cup to Toronto um, and is already, you're already seeing the effects of that. But then they traded away a lot of players that have been part of this roster for quite some time, uh, particularly, you know, the last couple of years, the last couple of first round exits. And I understand why, like, maybe it's like, oh, we want to change the mindset. You know, maybe there's, I can't get rid of my star players because they are star players. They're superstar players. Uh, and I need to support them and I need to instill a winning culture. And maybe, you know, these just shaking things up will just open people's eyes and wake them up a little bit. Like, I totally get that. But there's just so many new people. There's like so many new people. And I have question marks about Sheldon Keith. So... I, I like, I applaud how bold they're being and how busy they're being. But like when you're like, when it's our turn, like when the Canadians, you know, hopefully not too long from now, but still a few years away, like when they have star players, when they've built, you know, let's say a forward core that's pretty strong. I, I don't know that I want to be so heavily front loaded, first of all. And then constantly having holes in your depth that you need to fill up because every year it's like, oh, goaltending let, let them down. Oh, they don't have defense. They're all firepower. They're all scoring. They don't have this. They don't have toughness. They don't have this. They don't have that. Like for me, like, I don't, like, I think they're great, like great players. I'm not cheering for them. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not cheering for a single one of those Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I just, I think that, from day one, from the beginning of your rebuild, yeah, like we talk about drafting the best player available and all of that, but from the beginning of your rebuild, you need to have a balanced approach. And that way you're not scrambling constantly trying to like shift somebody out, bring somebody in, maybe you give up on a, a good defender, uh, somebody whose you know, who's underlying numbers are great, and you bring in somebody that's a little bit faster or a little bit stronger, or a little bit bigger, or a little bit tougher, doesn't necessarily fit. Like, I'm just trying to think of, I'm just trying to think of the comments that people make a lot of the time being like, okay, well, they got that first round, first, first overall pick uh, in Slavkovsky, but what are the Habs doing other than that, right? Like, a lot of people are really, really upset that the Canadians aren't going for Connor Bedard. It's unfortunate. Like it is, it's truly unfortunate if the Canadians miss out on a gener generational player. But guess what? Let's say Adam Fantilli is a generational player as well. There's 30 teams that are going to miss out on that this year. And every year there's going to be either 32 teams or 31 teams that are going to miss out on those generational players. So you kind of have to build a lineup that is stacked and balanced and works really well together. 
And so I think for me, like I'm looking at that, I'm looking at, at the way that Toronto went about it, which is, which was legit, right? They didn't tank. They got rid of a lot of players and therefore ended up losing a lot of games. So I guess that's, it's sort of organic tanking. They got really high draft picks. Um, they picked superstars. They have a fantastic regular season team. And they are constantly, there's always that one thing that's missing that's getting them over the edge, that's preventing them from getting over the edge. So I think for me, truly, like, I would only go partway, the Toronto way. Like, you lost a lot of games, you got the first overall pick, you selected who you thought was the best available player at the time. Uh, it's up to you to manage him properly, train him properly, and and grow and develop him properly. So I don't necessarily think that that's what the Canadians have been doing, but they kept talking about how they wanted to go about this slowly. So I think the next steps that they have to do is that they have to just assume that they're not going to get another number one overall pick in the next couple of years and just build a balanced lineup out of their picks and develop those people. And maybe trade those picks for other people, like, sorry, trade those trade the people that, he, that their own prospects for other prospects that better fit their team. I don't know, but I feel like there's a limit to how far you can follow the Toronto model. Another thing the Canadians are trying to do is ensure their AHL team is great. And the Marlies were fantastic year in and year out. Like you could see that. And a lot of those players graduated to the NHL level and they still have not won a Stanley cup. They haven't even gone past the first round. So like you definitely have to have, balance and it helps to not be cursed but in just in general like I would rather a balanced lineup like right now I'm really worried about the Canadians future of goaltending like I'm not too worried about how long the rebuild is going to take I'm not even worried about the decisions they're making I'm just like who is going to be available either via trade or in their own system or somebody they draft in the upcoming two years who's going to be that goalie that's going to be that good that is my concern right now. As a Canadians fan, that's all I'm worried about. And in the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit more <laughs> about the trade market and kind of how it relates to our current despair, um, the current dissatisfaction amongst Habs fans about how the rebuild is going and the lack of movement in the trade market by Kent Hughes. And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. For me... One of the things that I love about Indeed is literally that you do not pay unless you get quality applicants. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. 
Offer is valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And what I need is for all of us to take a deep breath, step back, and look at what is going on amongst busy teams. We just talked about Toronto and how much work they're doing. And we talked about how it's tough to kind of create chemistry within 20 games with this group. And then let's talk about, for example, a team like Arizona that traded away their biggest trade chip, which was uh, Jacob Schickren. Um, to the Ottawa Senators. First of all, why are you helping the Ottawa Senators? Like that to me, honestly, it don't do it, please. Uh, but because he was one of the biggest trade chips on the market for two years running, they overplayed their hand and they ended up not getting good value for him. Like it's not to say that, you know, it's not, it's, it's a bad trade. As we talked about, they now have 27. I want to say it's 27. I checked it like three or four times, uh, 27 draft picks in the next couple of drafts. So that is like, you're sitting pretty, you're rich in terms of draft picks. And not only that, you're not going to keep all of them. You're going to be able to trade some for prospects that you truly want to add to your roster. So it's not that they did a terrible job. It's just that, they overplayed their hand and they could have gotten a better return than they did. Like Ottawa did really well on that trade. So if you're an Ottawa Senators fan, obviously um, don't be one uh, and you're happy, but you know, I don't, I don't want to see you happy. Uh, I, I think that you're, you're, you're pleased with this. Like to me, I, I don't think that, I think that it's a good trade, but I don't, I don't think it's terrible for Arizona. I just think that they could have gotten more. Um, because we've been waiting for this to happen for so long. And then when we saw it happen, we were like, that's it. Like we expected a lot more. So, you know, good luck to, to him in Ottawa, to Shikran in Ottawa. Um, maybe he stays healthy, maybe not. But I just thought that, you know, Canadians fans kind of comparing themselves to Arizona. I don't think it's a fair comparison because Arizona has like shown themselves to be willing to do everyone's money laundering for them uh, to, to take on uh, contracts like IR contracts to just kind of, you know, to basically help other people out. And now they're cashing in on that by collecting everybody's picks. I think it's fine. I just think that we can't compare ourselves to them because the Canadians have a lot less to give away and they have a lot less cap room in to play with if they wanted to be that money laundering, you know, the help helping you out third party um, in whatever in, in whatever way they could. So, like that's that's one thing. Another thing that um, I was looking at is, you know, you thought Canadian fans were upset. Pittsburgh Penguins fans right now <laughs> are pretty upset with Ron Hextall. Like he, he's been like Ron Hextall has been part of the Flyers organization for so long that like when he became a general manager for Pittsburgh, we thought it was really fun. It was, we thought it was, but now I'm starting to think like, what if he's just there to like sabotage them as like, you know, a double agent or whatever, because I don't think that any of the moves the Penguins have been making have been good uh, or smart and Penguins fans are in absolute despair. So I think that, we're getting really caught up in the day-to-day of the rebuild and we're forgetting the bigger picture. And for me, the bigger picture is that there is a front office that understands the value of combining 
all kinds of hockey smarts together, whether it's analytics, whether it's video work, whether it's just like the smartest hockey minds around, you know, somebody like Martin St. Louis, like they understand the value of that. They understand the value of skills coaching. They understand the value of development. Um, and maybe, maybe also they understand the value of their own players. And maybe that's why they're holding out until they get the price they want. And if they don't get the price they want, they don't want to give the asset away. I, I, I get people's frustration, but like for me, the bigger picture is that like if you look at Arizona, like what is what direction are they going? They're just stockpiling picks. Like, can you say anything about their identity? Can you say anything about their future plans? Whereas with Gorton and and Hughes, like they're very vocal, they're very transparent. They're definitely, I personally, they're definitely a front office that I have faith in. I just think that the fact that the Canadians won so many games at the beginning of the season has kind of skewed everybody's perspective. You lost enough. They lost a lot of games, but they won a couple in, like recently and everybody's panicking again. They're not going to be steeped in medio- mediocrity just because they're not bad enough this year. That's not, that's not what's going to happen. You don't build a team from only your first round draft picks, but if you do too, like it's not like it's, it's not the end of the world if some the guy you pick 29th overall or whatever turns out to be fantastic, right? So the Canadians are going to pick 7th or 8th. Maybe they win the lottery and move up. We don't know. But for me, I just personally think that we need to be a lot more calm um, about how quiet it's been on the trade front. Like I, this essentially, this episode has been just me rambling a, li- a, a little bit uh, about how everything is, the sky's not falling, everything's going to be okay, the rebuild is going to take a few years. But I truly believe that this front office and this ownership will not stop until they bring a contender to Montreal. Like, I, I don't think that you can say that any team that works hard enough will win a cup because luck is a huge factor in this. But I truly think that the front office is going, this front office is smart enough, innovative enough. Uh, appreciative of old school and new school hockey enough, just blending everything together, appreciative of talent and skill and development enough that we're going to get a contender. We might not get a cup. I hope we get a cup. I really do. But we're going to get a contender. We're going to get a team that people don't want to play in the playoffs. That's what I want. And that's what I think we're going to get from this front office. I still have the faith. So this was a lot of talking by me. So please share your thoughts. Maybe you think I'm wrong. Maybe you think I'm right. Maybe you think I'm too nonchalant about this. It's all up to you. Uh, Just let me know what you think. But also send me your mailbag questions at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can also uh, find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. You'll find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can leave comments, mailbag questions in the comments on YouTube. But also make sure that you check out Locked On NHL on Trade Deadline Day because we've got so many things planned. There's going to be so much reaction. There's going to be so much chat. Uh, So don't forget to do that. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.